welcome to the Burnup Podcast, where we discuss all things agile software development and delivery. We will be giving you an honest take on tools and techniques. We'll share our experiences, debunk myths, and hopefully provide needed inspiration. Hi, I'm Todd Anderson, Consultant Delivery Manager. I've done just about every job in IT, from tech support, programmer, network security, project and program management. I can't say I've done everything, but I've seen a lot. And I'm Marcel Britsch, digital consultant, business analyst and product owner. I've worked in digital before this even had a name, and since have been quite a bit around the block. And this is my way of giving back to the industry. So sit back, relax, and settle in for this week's episode. Today, we want to talk about what we mean by Agile. If you haven't got time to listen to the full episode today, a few key thoughts are, in a nutshell, Agile is a combination of mindset, culture, process, tools, and techniques for successful software delivery. But while mindset without ceremonies can make you Agile, process or ceremonies alone will not. The elements of this toolkit really need to be chosen mindfully and applied to your specific context. There's no one-size-fits-all, and getting it right requires a significant effort. So don't be mistaken, Agile is not a silver bullet, but it is the best available approach to getting software delivery right. Todd, let's, let's dive into kind of the, the detailed nitty-gritty here. So what's, what's Agile for you? For me, Agile uh, is really a set of tools. It's a toolbox that I can reach into to help deliver software better. Subscribe to any specific methodology like Scrum or whatnot, but I like to cherry pick the best of all those different methodologies to try to bring it together to develop software. I think, you know, if if I were to define it a little bit better, I think there's tighter communication feedback when you use Agile. So you're you do there's a cyclic process of developing something, getting the feedback, getting the feedback from users and, and whatnot, and being able to play that back into the software to make sure you're building the right thing. I think there's also cross-functional teams. I think that's sort of a, a mainstay of Agile is to work cross-functional and have you know testers and developers and everybody working together rather than throwing it over a wall to someone else. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I think that's it. What do you What do you think Agile is? So, so for me, Agile is is kind of a, a mix of different concepts, and one of those concepts is lean, um, specifically in terms of doing only the things that are necessary, doing the right thing and optimizing the flow of work through your work pipeline. Um, and this kind of comes back to what you said about getting early feedback and fast feedback to optimize this process as you go and as quickly as and, and, and early as possible. Um, and then there is, of course, also, I think, uh, tied into this is, is, is product and system thinking. So um, focusing on the user, doing the right thing for the user. And again, by having these fast feedback cycles, um, we, we are able to constantly test and evaluate what, what, what we're doing. Um, I think there's also one thing in there, and I want your opinion about that. Um, for me, it's also about de-risking and, and handling uncertainty. In, in classic old-school waterfall projects, we often see the problem that we specify for so long that when we, we actually come to deliver the software, it's been months or even years since we started the project and things have just moved on or we may have assumptions and we were never able to validate those assumptions. 
and then we find out that the software we thought would be beautiful isn't actually what we wanted or doesn't even work. I mean, have you have you experienced that in the yeah, past? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's definitely a, a mainstay of Agile is that you you try to do the higher risk or higher value stuff up front. So when the project ends or you run out of money or you run out of time or, or whatever happens at the end, hopefully those things at the end you, you do are, are lower value than the Less stuff that, you, right? that you've yeah. already delivered, right? So, exactly. And, and, and I think it's not just high value stuff, but also high risk. Because I think sometimes people forget about the high risk piece. Um, so are you saying we do the high risk at the beginning or at the end? Yeah, some, sometimes you actually pull high risk things, even if they're lower value earlier on, because if they can affect the project or being able to roll it out, you want to try to get rid of those unknowns earlier on. You know, I think it's better risk management if, if you use agile methodologies versus trying to wait to the end or wait till that next thing is, is the next thing in the hopper to play. Yes. You, you know, playing some of these things earlier and having the fluidity to be able to identify that, I think, is, is something very agile versus a waterfall where you have a, a plan schedule. And More you, rigid plan yeah, that yeah. can't change. I think this is an interesting one. Let's quickly talk about this. So for me, agile is is a, a, a way of thinking or a mindset whereby you allow for change to happen naturally and change is a good thing. So as things change, we adapt. Um, it's not total chaos where things are changing all the time. It's, it's highly controlled and managed. But if something change, changes, we react to it. Where I think in the waterfall world, change is seen as a problem, a fault, a mistake someone has made. And we try to avoid change through the change request, as we all know it from way back when. Um, I don't know, but but you, do, you, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's, if we sort of talk about problems and risks in Agile, I, I think that uh, not recognizing change in that way in an Agile project could be a problem, right? Because, because, you know, you really need to wake up every day and look at the project and the current state it is in and not sort of fool yourself thinking that everything's hunky-dory when when actually things have gone off the rails. And I think I, I think that's one of the risks that can happen in Agile is that you're kind of going along, you're sort of bought into the methodology and you're kind of going through the motions, but you never sort of take that, that minute to sit back and think like, wait a minute, actually, this is super risky or, you know, it's not I actually, going where I wanted to go, right? Yeah, it's, I don't know where this thing is or yeah. why I'm doing it, right? So I think this is a good takeaway you just said there. Would you agree that Agile is actually highly, highly controlled? Because people think sometimes Agile is just this free for all, we have no process. And that's not at all it, right? It's, it's super yeah, controlled. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's something that I have to say. One of the, the risks of Agile is you have to be highly disciplined, right? You have to be more disciplined than in other methodologies because it's so free form and because you can sort of interpret it in many ways. You, you need to be a, a lot more stringent on your technique and your discipline about getting things through and maintaining your definition mm. done and things like that. Um, because if you don't, and if you don't stick to some of the, the ceremonies and things like that, then just the, there's a lot of smells that creep in and the hygiene of the project kind of goes off the rails. Which I think is a really interesting one because we've seen a lot of heavyweight methodologies come along recently that pretend to be agile, like less and safe, and management really love them because they are highly controlled, they are, they're, very, you know, they're, they're, they're formalistic, and they create this impression that by implementing this super tight bureaucratic process you suddenly become agile as a company. And I think that's a big problem because it, it creates this impression that agile can be achieved by uh, implementing a one-size-fits-all process. And I don't think that is actually possible. I think agile is actually really hard to get right. Um, you need to be, you know, you, you, you start with 
I don't think you start with a heavyweight process, you start with a bare minimum and then you change and build and explore from there and optimize as you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but but also I want to point out that you know, you still need to plan. There's still agile doesn't mean you don't plan, right? It may maybe means that you plan more often, but you still need to plan, you still need to manage risks, you know. So like it's not a million miles away from waterfall or whatever other methodology from that respect. It's sort of like you still have to have these sort of basic project management things. You still have the iron triangle and, you know, you still have to manage those things like you would any project. So so it's not like you're you're always uh, you know, hey, we're doing agile, like woo, rip up the plans and, and start to start <laughs> developing software and we can do whatever we want every week. You know, no, that's not the reality of it. Like it, it's a, yes. you still need to have a plan, you know, you know, even even when it, if it comes in contact with the enemy, it's it's it changes. Right. Like there's an interesting thing in there. You just said, because when you look at the agile manifesto, the four statements we all know, uh, if you don't look it up, uh, Google it, um, it will put it in the show notes as well. Um, or if you look at how Scrum's defined, or even XB, um, I find there is very limited information in there about how you actually run a project. So you mentioned risk management. Um, that's not part of explicit part of, of any of these things, because I feel like Scrum and XP are focused on delivery teams, day-to-day software engineers, day-to-day working, and that's all fine. But I think there is a little bit, there's something missing. There is the strategic layer missing, there is governance missing, there is risk missing. Do we think these things are no longer needed or? Uh, no, I, I mean, like, you know, when, when I go into discovery, you know, when I first meet a client, we're trying to, to, to understand about the project and try to scope, scope it out and whatnot. One of the first things I want to tackle is governance, because that's actually where a lot of the stuff goes off the rails is that there isn't a clear line of communication. Who's making decisions? How are, how are blockers going to be removed? I mean, ultimately, you talk about risks and things like that. You're kind of talking about blockers. You're trying to look forward and you need some sort of process, some sort of body that will remove those blockers and make decisions. And, and I do like, you know, some of the, you know, Prince 2, dare I say it, concepts of, of, of man, you, know, you should be driven out of this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By now. <laughs> and everybody just shut off the podcast no yeah. um, you know, the, the um, Prince 2 sort of concept of management by exception so this is totally where this is where sort of like a, 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 a you know the, the program management board or body or whatever gives the project the ability to deliver however they want as long as they do it within the confines you know of budget or, or yes. people or time and I really like that because it gives the power back to the team, right? You know, as long as you're staying within these confines that everybody agrees with and it's, it's transparent up front, you know, that's great. And, and teams should be empowered at the lower level to figure out how to deliver it themselves. Right? Let's talk about something quickly. We uh, recently, I think, had a discussion with some of our colleagues about uh, whether you should estimate as part of an agile project or whether you should not estimate and I think, of course, you have to estimate at some level because some finance director will have to allocate money and resources and they have to do some planning. They have to provide the funds. So I think it's, it is totally reasonable to expect some idea of cost of effort. Also, you want to know if you have multiple options of doing things. Should I invest a million pounds or a million units of effort in this thing or do I invest it in something else? So I personally think estimation is a super important thing and it should be done as part of Agile. But there seem to be people who are uncomfortable with this and they believe it's it's against the ideas of Agile. As a delivery lead, what do you... I would assume you do want estimation. Well, I, I mean, this is a total minefield and definitely worth an entire episode <laughs> oh, on, yes. on its own. I'm sure we will get around to it because... <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, estimation, yeah, it's a, like, it's a must. Like you say, somebody's got to spend money. I mean, you, you know, in your own scenario, it's like you bring someone in, you want them to paint your house or something or, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, if, if they just walk in and say, ah, it'll be done when it's done and it'll cost whatever, it's like you'd be, you know, show them the door, right? You might not know, uh, know whether you can afford it in the yeah, first place. Yeah, right? you wouldn't I know mean, if you can afford it. You, you know, you, you just have no idea or yeah. that, that early up front. But at the same time, you know, I also see quite often, actually more often than not, and this is something, message I really want to get to, sort of people who hire software teams is like, those early estimates, man, some of them are not worth the paper they're written on. And the reality is software yes. development is expensive and it takes probably twice as long as you think it does to do a quality job. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can only estimate what you know and people, you know, I don't think anybody's pulling wool over anybody's eyes that they're trying to estimate on what they know and what they've done in the past. But because projects are unique, you, you're, you're not really, uh, you know, you don't know how, how long things are going to take, right? And, you know, you look back at your experience, you look back at different things, and it's not, you know, it's not like you're, you're starting from scratch, but at the same time, as you develop a project and things go along, you learn more and more about mm -hmm. the domain, about the challenges, about the risks and things like that, and those, those estimates change. And, and, and I think, you know, I just want to, you know, make sure that people understand estimation is what it says on the tin it's it's an estimate it's it's not a, a certainty right yeah I, I yes i think this is a really important point to take away that we allow things to change and that also means we adjust anything we do while more information comes to light having spoken about estimation i feel that a lot of people think agile makes you cheaper and agile makes you faster but that's not the reason to do agile i think the reason you do agile is that you get value earlier and you get insight earlier, as in, as you said before, you deliver something and not the entire thing, you deliver a part, and then you get feedback by real users using this, and you build that back, feed that back into your cycle. Or not even users using it, you may just test out some system integration. And while you do this, you realize that you only know half of the interface or half of the business rules or constraints. And I think that is the strength. So you get better and more controlled outcomes in the long term, if your team gets really mature, you may be faster and you may be cheaper. But that is, for me, not the goal of Agile. So the reason to do Agile for me is to reduce risk and increase quality of outcome and, and deliver value earlier. It's not about faster and cheaper. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think the faster and cheaper comes not necessarily as an output of Agile, though I think it does help because I think Agile, some of the, the ceremonies such as retrospective feedback and things like that, you know, allow you allow a team to have a voice and to work more efficiently. To optimize and improve, but, but, yes. but, it, but it's yes. really that overall improvement of the team that makes it cheaper and faster to deliver things. We spoke about what's the risk with Agile a little bit earlier, but I want to mention two things that really um, are on my mind a lot when I go around clients and you've seen the same thing. You walk into a big organization and you know they're old school, they're waterfall. Um, and they don't really understand Agile. But you see all those Agile process posters on the walls. They have the big uh, safe process on the wall. They have like the Agile manifesto printed out left, right and center and, and, and other things like this, maybe a scrum process somewhere. Um, and they're like, hey, we're Agile because we do stand-ups and we have sprints and we have a product backlog and we write stories. Um, and I don't think that's Agile. As we said, this, this, this is just pretend Agile. And then at the same time, I think there is this perception that by doing Agile, it's kind of the silver bullet to solve all of your problems in one go. And I don't think it's that easy. It, 
getting Agile right takes time, is a long-winded process, and there is not one right solution. That it depends yeah. so, on the context, right? So, 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 do you think Agile is always the right answer? I think Agile as a mindset is always the right answer, yes. As in, mitigate risks early, handle uncertainty, allow for change, learn, you know, tests, hypothesis-driven design, all those good things, yes. I think that is always the answer, but... Not, f not every client can work hardcore agile in super short sprints in, uh, with continuous delivery. Um, some clients may need um, three months releases. Some clients may need stage gates. Some clients need a little bit more upfront documentation. And I think that is totally fine. You need to do what's right for the client, what's right for your context. I mean, you've, you and I have worked on, on clients in, in, the, in the finance industry with heavy reg regulatory environments. What do you do? You think like in that respect with like agile? How did that work? You know, there there are definitely challenges. I, I agree with the agile mindset. I, I think that's that's a mainstay. Regardless, you know, like having yeah. that agile mindset, however you're going to approach a problem or whatnot. But yeah, sometimes you just can't get away from like you know you got to build the software and then you have to test it and then you have to get compliance or whatever. You know, that's pretty linear process. There's not a lot of agility there. It, it's you know sometimes you just got to tick the binary box that you've done it and move on and you know and there's tricks right we agree there are tricks you can do you can automate the shit out of co compliance things out of traceability you can do all of that but there may still be a a manual process where someone hits a button on a system promotes your code from uat to production and that may just be the case and you will never get to continuous integration or, or con sorry continuous release but i think that's fine i don't think there is any any harm done, yeah. right? Yeah, it's fine. And, you, you know, you got to be aware of the, the environment you're in. Uh, you know, I think Agile definitely works best when you have an entire organization that's behind it, right? So, you know, quite often you see like a, the board or, or some, the upper management or whatever aren't necessarily actually bought into Agile. And it's actually sort of a bottom-up thing. And then they sort of hit a wall where the, the, the upper management sort of like looking at their Gantt chart and they're like, what, you know, it's Q2. Where is my, you know, widget or whatnot? And, you know, the people underneath are working more in an agile way and they know something is higher value and there, there might be a bit of a disconnect there. So I think, you know, that's that's one situation where, you know, sometimes agile isn't always right or at least at least the communication of agile and in the, in, in, in the, when you butt up against these two different things, you need to find a way to bridge that gap and communicate it better. Yeah. I think that's the key point you just said it there. I think it's about communication. And when we do our specific podcast about challenges of Agile, we will talk about alignment of values across the entire organization. And as you just said, the importance of communication um, and having, in, your, in the example you just made, maybe having a roadmap that's shared across the business that constantly gets revisited and reprioritized to give visibility upwards and downwards of what's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. The, the, the other challenge, too, of whether it's always right or not, uh, you know, a scale issue. So, you know, I think we'll probably hit this also on another podcast. Oh, yes, definitely. Does, uh, does Agile scale? You know, you have things like SAFE and whatnot and, and different methodologies for, for trying to tackle this. Do those things always work? You know, how do you how do you run those big, you know, cross-functional, you know, co, you know, teams with um, offshore resources external or external suppliers coming external into the suppliers. mix. Exactly. Some may be agile, some may not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, so you know, those are all all places where maybe at times 
you know, trying to adhere to a really strict idea of what Agile is maybe isn't right. Maybe you need to make a, a, an, an adjustment there. A halfway house or a mix, yes. Um, and I think we'll do a special, I don't want to talk about this now, but I think we'll do a special podcast on this challenge of mixing uh, non-Agile teams with Agile teams and how you can kind of mitigate those things. I think that, that justifies maybe a separate yeah, um, but but I think maybe one key takeaway there, though, is that you need to recognize that it's a problem and make that adjustment. I think that's another yes. main thing about uh, Agile for me. It's like recognizing when things aren't working and sort of saying, making a change, right? Not just trying to, to go straight ahead regardless of, you know, hell or high water, but sort of saying like, wait a minute, this isn't working. You know, I'm trying to do this thing you know, the way I think it should be done. Well, wait a minute. It's not working for everybody. Let's reevaluate. Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's maybe a really good takeaway is that there is no point in forcing an organization into an agile methodology or process, as you say, it needs to be adapted to the context um, and the situation you're you're working in. And, and this will change um, over time, I think, as well. It's It's not that, you know, you start your project with certain assumptions, and then over time, your process may change as things change as well. Todd, is there any, any kind of key takeaway you have for our listeners on what Agile is? It's a, it's a set of tools. It's uh, tight communication feedback. You know, it's people working together. It's acknowledging where you're at and making changes quickly. How about you? Um, I think it's the, the things we've touched on already is really about handling uncertainty and risk and making sure that you allow change, be this requirements change or process change to happen as you go along and learn at any point in time and just continuously improve and become better at it. Great. Cool. Thanks guys for listening. That's it for today's episode. Have a look at our show notes with related information and details on how to get in touch at thebarnup.com. We are listener-driven, so please do send us your questions, comments, and ideas for new episodes. We're both practitioners and are happy to discuss interesting opportunities from consulting to coaching to getting involved in actual projects. For inquiries, please visit burnupmedia.com. This podcast is produced by Burnup Media Limited under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 license, which means you can share it as long as you give credit, but you cannot change it or make money of it. Until next time, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.